Chapter 12 of the Boy Scouts on the Trail. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Debbie Baker Robinson. The Boy Scouts on the Trail by Herbert Carter. Chapter 12 A Face in the Window. Ugh, that right, Eli. Wolf only cry like that said a voice close beside the two who stood there, and turning, they could make out a figure which they knew must be that of Sabattis. But so softly had the Indian slipped out, after hearing that well-known, though faint howl, that even Eli, sharp ears though he possessed, had not detected his coming until he spoke. "'Where there's one wolf, there's a-going to be more,' remarked the old Maine guide, with the air of one who knew what he was talking about. "'Huh!' Wolf, he always hunt in pack, never by self, observed Sabattis dryly. That adds a little spicy flavor to our being up here then, Tad went on to say, being not displeased. For if only he could have that magical little rifle of step hens in his hands, he cared not how many of the fierce brutes he might run across, for with its quick shooting qualities and the deadly nature of the bullets it used, he believed he could take care of all comers. Besides, if hard-pressed, it was always possible to take to a tree where one would be safe from the cruel fangs of the animals. When they went inside and told what they had heard, the boys received the news with various shades of enthusiasm. Giraffe was really pleased, for he meant to do something bold on this trip that would forever establish his reputation as a mighty nimrod. Step Hen fondled his rifle and then stood it in the corner close to the spot where he had spread his blanket as though he had a faint idea he might find need for it in the night. Davy Jones shrugged his shoulders and hoped he would not happen to run across the pack when alone, and as for Bumpus, he deliberately changed his blanket, placing it on the further side of several others, away from that open door. But Eli had been examining that same door, and was of the opinion that, with a little effort, it might be coaxed to shut. This he proceeded to accomplish, and with a success that won him a cheer from the timid Bumpus. Never did like to sleep in a drought, muttered the fat scout, and I'm glad the glass stayed in that window all these years. That is queer for a fact, observed Tad. But I reckon now it would never have held out if some of the fellows we have in Cranford had come along. You hit it right about that, Tad, agreed Step Hen. Take that Ambrose Griffin and his cronies Eli Bangs and Walt Hopkins, and they never could pass an empty house without shying stones at the windows. I've heard a smash many a time and seen one of them scooting away like hotcakes. Guess they like to hear the jingle of the broken glass. It must sound like music to some fellers. What's that you say about Eli? Asked the old guide, pricking up his ears. Oh, we weren't talking about you that time, laughed Tad. It happens that you've got a namesake down in the town where we live who's up to every trick there is that he thinks that will afford him some fun. And as the guide expressed an interest in the matter, Tad detailed a few of the practical jokes which were believed to lie at the doors of the three bad boys of Cranford. When he heard about the lights going out at the church, just when a convert was about to be immersed, and the cries of the alarmed audience, together with shrieks from the frightened woman, who really thought she had been transplanted from this world into another, since everything became suddenly black around her, the guide grinned. He had never heard of such carrying on, and thought it was comical. But Tad knew that more than one person had need of a doctor after that episode, 
and that if actual proof could be procured concerning the culprits who cut the electric wires they would have been severely punished by the town fathers somehow none of the boys seemed in such a hurry to lie down now tad's stories of events which they knew from first hand started them talking again and by degrees some of the rest related other doings that were commonly laid at the door of the three cranford scapegraces bumpus changed his blanket three separate times in the course of half an hour there was no draught now to complain of since eli had managed to get the door closed but tad noticed the fat and timid scout eyeing that wide throat of the chimney and really believed bumpus had come to suspect that it was large enough to admit of the passage of one of those hungry wolves should they find all other avenues of ingress closed to them and he did not fancy being directly in the road of the first one that came in bumpus knew that he must prove a juicy morsel for any half-starved beast of prey and that given the chance they were just sure to pick him out giraffe was playing safe under any considerations for the animal that would prefer that bag of bones must be out of its mind and tad also made up his mind that after bumpus got fairly to sleep he would manage to get possession of the gun he had hitched closer to him and which was the double-barreled weapon carried into the woods by davy who had made no protest when the stout boy coolly appropriated the same there could be no telling but that bumpus with his mind worked up over that bear and the wolf that had howled away off up the river might dream he was being hotly attacked and a gun in the possession of a greenhorn could be even more dangerous under such conditions than if an adept handled it i've just thought of a good thing suddenly exclaimed bumpus then get it out of your system in a hurry or it'll hurt you said giraffe no danger of anything good ever hurting you giraffe declared the other with a fine show of sarcasm that caused the tall scout to grin for somehow when he and bumpus got to exchanging compliments giraffe always seemed rather tickled if the other managed to give him a sly dig well let's hear what struck you all of a sudden he remarked it's about our honey began bumpus seriously what honey demanded giraffe pretending to look all around i haven't seen any that i know of oh you know what i mean bumpus went on the honey we expect to get when alan finds the bee tree i'm just as dead sure he's going to do it as i am of having my breakfast tomorrow morning well i reckon alan only wishes he was as sure as you are giraffe remarked let him tell what's on his mind can't you giraffe broke in davy jones i think it's a shame how you badger that poor fellow don't you know there's a law against cruelty to animals monkeys are included under that law please remember retorted the fat boy as he turned on his new tormentor but i suppose you fellows are just dying to know the brilliant thought that just flashed into my mind a little while ago go on and get it out begged step hen yes we want to know if we're not from missouri added alan well there isn't any reason why we should waste a whole lot of it after all if we only knew enough to use our brains and take advantage of our opportunities bumpus went on with exasperating slowness as though this might be his method of getting even for the attack upon him what sort of opportunities demanded davy storage capacity answered the other simply now it's all very well to want to save the honey observed giraffe eyeing the other suspiciously but if you expect us to fill up our kettles and every dish we've got along with us you're off your base bumpus we have to eat three times a day and just fancy having even the coffee pot jammed full of sticky sweetness 
guess again remarked bumpus composedly well i suppose that i'll just have to tell you because you'd never get on to such a brilliant idea in a thousand years first thing you didn't know i brought it along perhaps don't hardly understand myself just why i borrowed it from smithy but i must have thought it'd come in handy some time or other and it's going to fellows it's going to what is shouted giraffe now at the end of his patience why that cute little collapsible rubber foot bath belonging to our comrade smithy you know he was such a clean feller that he just couldn't think of going anywhere at first without carrying that tub along it holds quite a lot and if we filled it with nice sweet honey but poor bumpus did not get any further in his explanation roars of laughter broke in upon his story for the idea of filling a rubber foot bath with the sticky product of a bee tree was too much for the rest of the boys and bumpus after staring around in a hurt way shrugged his fat shoulders and relapsed into silence simply remarking oh all right that's all a feller gets for cracking his brain trying to think up things for the benefit of the whole bunch i just guess that old bear'll get the main part of our honey after all what's that do bears like honey alan demanded giraffe i should say they did replied the main lad readily enough they're just wild over it a bear will overturn a hive if ever he gets in a garden and devour comb and all like a regular pig but the bees continued the tall scout don't they sting him at all think of the thousands of little critters each with his poison lance stinging that poor bear it doesn't seem to bother the bear one bit alan added i've known them to just clean out a hive and when we shot the varmint just afterward he didn't seem to have a swollen head from any stings but if we should be lucky enough to find a bee tree perhaps we'll coax our friend the bear that was in this cabin to come around and then some of you can get a crack at him his hide would make a rug to be proud of especially if you had killed the beast yourself count me in on that game said giraffe earnestly i boasted to the boys at home that i was going to bag a big bear and if i don't make good they'll give me the laugh you see and then we'll find out whether this heavy old rifle that belonged to my uncle ain't equal to a new-fangled little pop-gun that shoots spreader bullets the boys had begun to show new signs of quieting down some were yawning again and the chances were the signal to crawl under the blankets would presently have been given by tad it was bumpus who suddenly aroused the whole party he sat upright on the floor and pointed directly at the window that was opposite to where he had last thrown his blanket down tad saw that the face of the fat boy really expressed surprise not to mention consternation as he cried out oh i wonder who that was i saw peek in at the window just then and draw back when he caught me looking at him a white man too fellers it was believe me i ain't foolin everybody jumped up the three guides as well as the boys when bumpus made this astonishing declaration but although their eyes instantly sought the window indicated the cobwebbed glass betrayed no sign of the presence of anyone end of chapter 12